0: This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to
1: oneandall.media. Revelation 13.10. How are we to respond, Jeff? Well, let's not guess. We don't have to guess because the Bible tells us in verse 10, this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. Not just endurance, but patient endurance today. 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 Today with Jeff Finds. We are taking the gospel to the world.
0: Pastor, apologist and Bible teacher.
1: One truth that will be delivered in love and compassion, connecting every one person to all that God has promised them. Hey, you make me- Today.
0: Today. Today with Jeff Finds. My name's Aaron and you're listening to Today with Jeff Finds and we're continuing a new series titled Don't Panic. Pastor Jeff had it on his heart to deliver us some messages that look further at the meaning within Revelation chapter 13. In this series, we're gonna be looking at what the book of Revelation has to teach you and I today. The book where John records his apocalyptic visions of the end times. Let's see what else Pastor Jeff can unpack from
1: Revelation chapter 13. I'm in Revelation 13, surprise, surprise. Revelation 13, we're still focusing on a passage that I believe is going to remind us as we get to the end of the series of, of uh, how indeed God, God does have this. We, we started the series by saying that there's a lot going on in our world right now. It's very easy as a Christ follower to, to, to give up or to think, man, maybe God is not sovereign, maybe God is not in control. And of course, that would be a mistake. And we're trying to take a look at the things the Bible teaches us are going to happen in the age of the church. And John in Revelation 13 has a vision where he sees this this four uh, beast figure, but the beast itself has seven heads, and it has 10 horns. So, you know, and and then it has 10 crowns on the 10 horns. And if you look at it, you think, why does each head not have one Horn, And each horn have one crown. Well, and and which beast gets what head, and what head gets what or how many crowns? And the the point is, when you start trying to get specific in the book of Revelation, you're going to get in trouble. We talked about Revelation being apocalyptic literature. So you're looking for the sign, the meaning of the sign in more general terms than you would look for some kind of an individual. So in Romans 13, we're told about this this incredible beast that comes out of the sea. And Satan, who empowers the beast, calls him out of the sea. And the fact that the beast looks like this is just an illustration that this represents authority. Anytime you have the number 10, you're talking about Authoritative. You have the number seven, you're talking about perfection, completion. When you have horns, you're talking about the top of the head. So you're talking about authority, who's at the very top. When you talk about a beast, and you've got four beasts, you not only are representing the four corners of the earth, anytime you see the number four in the Bible, you're talking about something that's worldwide. But John also sees the faces of beasts and the, and the bodies of beasts that represent four kingdoms with which he would have been very familiar with in his day, at least in the near past or the near present present or the near future. Now, in preparation for this, I read a story a few years ago about a woman who's driving her car. It's torrential rainstorm, and she comes to a bridge in Georgia. There are police officers everywhere. There are roadblocks that clearly say, do not go through this bridge. What do you think she did? What most of us do if we really want to get somewhere. Oh, I'm different. These rules don't apply to me. My car will float. And she drives across the bridge almost immediately. She gets swept away by the torrent. The police, I don't know how they missed her driving through the roadblock, but when they see that she's in trouble, it took like 10 people to rescue her, and they did. Now, what do you think she did next? Now, you would think you would come away from that and you would think, man, I was crazy to do that. Why did I do that? Man, I am so glad I'm, I'm saved. Thank you, police. The first responders, thank you so much for saving my life. But after she dried herself off, true story, she went back in to get her car, oh yeah. She thought, you know, I don't really wanna do without my car, I think I can make it this time. And she died, yeah. But I thought, what a great example. Because almost every corner of the book of Revelation and almost every corner of scripture warns us again and again that the flow of this world that takes us away from God is too strong for you to face on your own. And if you underestimate the power of the flow of this world, because it is ruled, because it is governed, because the power behind the throne, the beast of the sea, which represents these authoritative governments, is Satan himself. And so we met the beast of the sea. And then we read in verse 6, I'm in Revelation 13 verse 6. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God, government and authorities deny God, and to slander his name. They will say, Jehovah is not God, and his dwelling place. They will persecute the church and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. Does that bother anyone? You see, the Bible tells us these powers are so powerful that God does not give you a promise that somehow the decisions they make will not impact you. In fact, Christians have been persecuted from the time Jesus established his kingdom. And God was not in the habit of stepping in and rescuing them. So the Bible tells you Christians from the time Jesus established his church are going to be persecuted. And some, many in fact, are going to lose their lives. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. So its impact is, is exhaustive. It hits almost every generation Maybe not every place in every generation, but some place in every generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. We said that's because you're either for Christ or against him. You're either operating your life by the principles of Christ discovered in the scripture, or you're not. There's no middle ground. And if you're not, you're caught up in the floor of the world, which means that you operate according to his world system. So we're told that all the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all those whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that daunting. We're told in the book of Revelation that this creature here is going to exist during the entire church age. This antichrist, anti-God government types not specific. We're in apocalyptic literature. We're not looking at the literal. We're looking at somato. We're looking at the types, the signs. And so you're going to have authoritative governments who are anti-God and anti-Christ throughout the entire church age. Now, what I didn't get to last week is while you and I seek to be salt and light in a very, very dark world, we should not Be surprised right now to see all the corruption, all the disease, and all the war. It should not surprise you. These are the things that happen in a world order that has given its authority and that is held under the sway of the evil one. What kind of world order do you think we're going to have if Satan is the prince of the power of the air, if you and I are people of God, but the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one? These are the sights and sounds of the prince of the power of the air. This is the heart of man under the influence of the God of this world. Now, what does the God of this world want? The God of this world wants autonomy away from God. That's why he was kicked out of heaven. That's what he's always wanted. And so that means the world system in which you and I live creates a flow to convince you to be autonomous and not to follow Christ, not to be theocentric that your whole life is about God, but your whole life is about yourself. And that's why we become unhinged from the creation's or the creator's morings. Okay, you say, Jeff, I got it. We're to expect the disintegration of culture. Well, here it is. But Pastor Jeff, how are we supposed to respond? Now, I want you to lean in here because I can tell you what's about to happen. When I start going down this road, you know the, you know, the one who... Controls the culture, you know, the one who has influence and sway. At this moment in time, I'm telling you folks, at this moment in time, he will try to distract you. Let me tell you, I know that. I have never had such difficulty in trying to complete this sermon. The computer crashed on me twice, I lost a printed page. It was one thing after another. Why? Because this matters. Revelation 13:10. How are we to respond, Jeff? Well, let's not guess. We don't have to guess because the Bible tells us in verse 10, this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. Not just endurance, but patient endurance. So that if you're tempted to look around at everything that's happening right now, and you're thinking God is not on the throne, you have to remember that what you're seeing is a natural product or byproduct of a world that resists God. And Jesus told us that God is going to allow the wheat and the tares to grow together until the harvest when he'll put everything right. In the meantime, the Bible clearly tells you you're in the battle of your life. There's a battle to be fought and it requires endurance. And endurance can mean by the way passivity or aggression. You can endure by just tolerating without action or you can endure by achieving a victory by standing firm and refusing to be moved away from what it is you believe to be true. You're in the battle of your life. What battle is it? Many Christ followers will tell you it's a cultural war. There are churches all over America that have decided the battle you and I are in is to change culture. We must get our Christian nation back. We must get our power and influence back. Can I tell you something, but only because I love you? In a democracy, you have a voice and it should be heard. But just remember, your job is to present, never to force. Jesus went from village to village preaching, and he preached the truth. Some received it, some rejected it, but they were never coerced, manipulated, or forced. Because you can't force this kind of thing. And when you do, you lose your right to present it. And so our job is to present the truth of the gospel, knowing that many will reject it. That shouldn't surprise us. Some will embrace it. But your greatest efforts do not lie in the political realm. I'm not saying that we should never be politically active. That's not the point of the sermon. Your greatest efforts... Or someplace else. Yeah, Pastor Jeff, I know you've said it a thousand times. Helping people far from God come near to God. No. That is the primary mission and objective of the church of Jesus Christ in this world. But you have a battle greater than this one. Greater in priority. It's personal before it's corporate. And do you know what that battle is? Your battle to push back the darkness that is constantly trying to push its way into your life to resist the flow. And the Bible tells us not everyone will. And to not be surprised by it. Don't be surprised by a culture that moves away from God. Don't be surprised by individuals who walk away from Jesus. Don't be surprised when your friends who have been Christians for a long time walk away from Christ. Don't be surprised when you've raised your kids the best you could up in the power and the presentation of the gospel. Don't be surprised if some of them walk away. Don't be surprised if your spouse that you've been married to for 30 years walks away. I'm amazed at the number of scriptures that warn us. We never read Luke 18, 1 through 8, but verse 7 of Luke 18 says this, and this is Jesus talking. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Wow. Will there be any who resisted and stood firm, untarnished by a world system designed to pull you into its flow? Come on, man. This is Pastor Jeff talking. We're having a conversation. Is anybody else bothered by Matthew 7, 14? Small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Anybody else bothered by that? Well, my little girl Sion was a little girl and I told her to clean her room. Remember what she did? La, 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 I'm not listening. And I think when we read passages like this, that's what we do. I don't want to deal with that. Do you understand that the Bible tells us, especially in the book of Revelation, that some people will decide that the cost is too great. I don't want to live a moral life like that. I don't want to wait till I'm married to sleep with my husband or wife. I don't want to be pure in what I watch and what I see and where I go. I want to do this. and So many will walk away because you don't want to pay the cost. When I was in New Zealand coaching basketball, I had one of my young players come to me one day, say, "Hey, I hear you do a Bible study. I'd like to start coming." I thought, "Well, that's great. Come on." Every Wednesday night, about five or six of the players would come, and a few other friends that I invited, and I started a Bible study before we started our church. One day he came to me and he thought, "Man, Jeff, I really like what you're teaching. I went, how do I be, how can I become a Christian?" And I told him. He said, "Man, I'm in." Baptized him, had a big party. He brought his girlfriend, brought his family. His mom and dad thought, what's happened to our son? He's in some kind of cult. We celebrated. Not too long after that, I started teaching expositorily through First and 2 Peter. And if you know anything about those books, there's a lot of suffering, hardship, and tribulation, right? He came to me one day, and said, you know, Jeff, I, I'm kind of worried about what you're teaching now. I like the early stuff. This stuff I don't like so much. Are you telling me that I can't depend on God to prosper me? Are you you telling me that I don't have a contract with God to where he will protect me from getting any serious illness or protect others from trying to ruin me? And then at least he was honest enough to say the next thing that most people won't say. He said, what good then is God? He was having buyer's remorse. And he asked me a question that he asked because he was in business world. He said, can I try another branch? you hear what he's saying? Is there another branch of this Christian thing that that is more appealing? And the answer is no. There's simply a cost that many are not willing to pay. Okay, I got it, Pastor Jeff. How are we to respond to an oppressive and evil world system, to a world that's disintegrating? Revelation 13. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. James 1 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that he, that the Lord, has promised to those who love him. Death is all around, physical and spiritual. And Christ's followers, newsflash, we are not given a promise of not suffering. We are not given a promise that he will protect us from all the evil world system in which we live. But neither do we despair. We don't run away. We don't give up. Second Corinthians 4, Paul said what? We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. The truth is, until this generation, this has been mere theory to us. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there are Christians who are hard-pressed, but that's not me. Maybe perplexed. Yeah, sometimes. Maybe persecuted, but that's not us. Struck down, not us. But guess what? The times are a-changing. And this is going to become a present reality. Very possible to Christ followers in the West in the coming years. It may be that we are going to suffer. That we're going to be hard-pressed on every side. That we're going to be perplexed. That we're going to be persecuted. That they're going to try to strike us down. And in the midst of that, many are going to walk away because they don't want to pay the price of commitment and allegiance. It's the truth of Scripture. We would much rather have convenience than conformity. We came to Jesus. We want an easier life. We want to get him involved in our plans. But the Bible says when the rubber hits the road, when the persecution comes, when it costs you something, that the wheat will be separated from the chaff, and the 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 articles that are not authentic or genuine will walk away. My father-in-law, Charles Delaney, is visiting. And I told him a story one time of someone that had walked away from Jesus that just devastated me. And he looked at me and he said these words. And I've I've never forgotten him. He said, as I've gotten older, this is Charles Delaney, I continue to be disappointed, but seldom surprised. Not everybody wants to fight. And we don't read scriptures like this anymore. Like 2 Corinthians 4.10 we only want the good news we want pastors to talk about grace and mercy and forgiveness we love those sermons and they're real and they're true but the generation before us talked a lot about passages like this when paul said we always carry around in our body the death of jesus so that the life of jesus may also be revealed in our body we carry around the suffering associated with the name of jesus just as it cost jesus something to secure our salvation It will cost us something to follow him. But he says in verse 11, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. We're dying, yes, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So even if we die for the cause of Christ, which many are doing around the world, we're just privileged here for the moment. Even though that's happening, we also carry around in us the life that will raise our mortal bodies from the dead. That life also lives in us. That's why we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. For our eyes have seen the coming of the glory of the Lord. But make no mistake, many of us will not endure. We'll not take the battle serious enough to realize that we're no longer a threat to the enemy nor an asset to the king. Folks, do you know how many people drowned every year trying to cross the Rio Grande? How many, hundreds die, thousands more rescued because they look and they significantly underestimate the power of the flow. And once you get in it, it's hard to get out of it. Do you realize that the evil one knows that about you and me, that once we're in it, man, the flow's so strong, it's hard to get out. He wants to get you into the flow. He wants to destroy you. He doesn't want to breathe life into you. Look, where do you think these thoughts come from? Man, you better hurry, Pastor Jeff. You don't have time to read your Bible and pray this morning. You think that comes from God? Pastor Jeff, you don't have to go to church to be a Christ follower. The church is filled with hypocrites anyway. That's why you fit right in. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Sleep with her. God will forgive you. You think that comes from God? What's the big deal about community, worship, prayer, and Sunday gatherings? You're saved by grace through faith. Don't worry about those things. Wait a minute, Pastor. Whoa, whoa. you telling me the devil would remind me that I'm saved by grace through faith? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's an angel that masquerades as good, but he seeks and roams who he might devour. So of course he's going to tell you something that anything that he can speak to you that would help you to remain cavalier or apathetic about the battle between the flesh and the spirit, he's going to do it because he doesn't need to pursue you. He just needs to make sure you don't pursue God and the flow will take care of the rest. That's why the apostle Paul, look, can I read this to you as if you're reading it the first time in your life? Can you do that? Say, I've never heard this. Listen to it. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when a Christ follower begins denouncing by belief or practice The teachings presented by Jesus in the scripture, it is usually the result of refusing to do what is necessary to renew one's mind. There's no discipline in their lives. They severely underestimate the power of the flow. So they're not putting things into their mind every day. And if you're not putting things into your mind every day from the spirit of the living God, you will not be able to test what is good. You will not be able to know what God approves of. You will not know what his pleasing and perfect will is. That's why you do it daily, so that you're not caught up into the flow. And if you're not transforming your mind, you'll not know the difference between what is good, what is acceptable, what is the will of God. In other words, you're in the flow. You've been listening to
0: Today with Jeff Fiennes. Thanks for joining us. Next time, we'll bring you the rest of this message from Pastor Jeff.
1: Of all the things you do with your day that God has given you, the first 15 minutes are the most important. Because if you don't start under the influence and power of God, I have prayed for years, I have prayed this prayer in the morning, God, bring the Holy Spirit to the forefront of my life. What do I mean by that? Everything I read, everything I hear, everything I have to react to today, let it be filtered by the truth of the Holy Spirit in me. You can
0: listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Fiennes wherever you listen to podcasts.